Welcome back to Two Sisters and a TV, the classic TV podcast where we remember and celebrate and talk about all things and everything classic TV. Thank you so much for joining us again today for this brand new episode. And uh, we thank you for your support. We thank you for listening, for your subscribing to our YouTube channel, subscribing to and following the podcast. We do not take any of your support for granted. So thank you so, so much as always. Now today we're going to take another look at an album. We got a lot of really good feedback about our review of The Temptations' fifth studio album recently. We decided to do yet another album review. This time we're going to go back to 1966 and we're going to take a look at the Mamas and Papas debut album, which is called If You Can Believe Your Eyes and Ears. It was released on February the 28th, 1966 on Dunhill Records. This album went to number one on the charts. It shot up the charts pretty quickly, and I can see why. Because of the five albums they did within their career, within their time together, this is probably their best album. I mean, I like all of their albums. I'm a big fan of this group. But this album was just something special. This album, if you listen to each song, there are like 12 songs on this album. If you listen to every song, you can hear the joy in their voices. You can hear they were just really having a good time singing together. And they were just starting out. This was all brand new for them. This was all a brand new beginning, a fresh start. And they were really having a good time singing together and just enjoying harmonizing and just, you know, just doing their thing. And it comes out very, very clearly in this album. So I'm going to do the same thing like I did with the Temptations album. Just take it all track by track, break it all down, side one, and then side two. Of course, side one, the very first song on side one is their biggest hit, Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday was released in March of 1966. It peaked at number one in May of that year, and it stayed at the number one spot for three weeks. It also went on to win a Grammy the following year, beating out such contenders as Winchester Cathedral and Good Vibrations. Monday, Monday, Amazing Harmonies. Wonderful song. The harmonies alone make it definitely worth a Grammy win. Now, when John Phillips, who could never explain what this song was about, first played it for the other three, they didn't want anything to do with it. They thought the song was silly. It didn't make any sense. You know, how are you going to sing a song about a day of the week? It, it didn't make sense. You know, Cass and Michelle laughed at it. Denny didn't want anything to do with it either. But of course, John being the leader of the band, of the group, you know, they had to record it. But of course, it worked out very well for them. And they all won a Grammy Award as a result. And it was a big, big hit. And definitely one of their all-time most terrific songs. Now, of course, the Mamas and the Papas consisted of John Phillips, his wife Michelle, Denny Doherty, and Cass Elliot. The second album, the second song on this album is my all-time favorite Mamas and Papas song. It is called Straight Shooter. This song was the song that made me an even bigger Mamas and Papas fan. Because when I discovered this song a couple years ago, I listened to it probably 20 times over the course of one night. 
I'd never heard of straight shooter. And it made me dive deeper into their material because I was thinking if they have a song like this, well, what else do they have? Because the casual listener of their music knows them for California Dreamin', Monday, Monday, Creaky Alley, dedicated to the one I love, and that's pretty much it. But there's so much other good stuff out there that they recorded and released that a lot of people just don't know about. And Straight Shooter is one of them. I don't know why Dunhill did not release this as a single because I know it would have done really well. It would have probably been another number one hit for them. Or it certainly would have definitely hit and cracked the top ten. The harmonies are amazing. It's a really good song. Now, some people think that the song is about drugs. But according to John's autobiography Papa John which was released in 1986 the song was actually about Michelle cheating on him Michelle and John had a very complicated marriage to say the least and there was a lot of cheating involved John cheated on her and she cheated on him now Michelle was you know a serial cheater and that's something that she's never denied she's always been very open and very honest about the fact that she cheated on her husband all the time And that is what Straight Shooter is all about. It's also what the third song on side one is about. Got a Feelin'. Got a Feelin' is a really terrific song. Great arrangement. The arrangement alone is absolutely amazing. It's wonderful. I love the arrangement of Got a Feelin'. Also written by John. Also Denny contributed to it. the uh, track as well. Again, a guy singing about I got a feeling, got a feeling that you're playing me, you're not being true to me, you're fooling around on me, you're cheating on me. So this song, too, about Michelle's cheating. But again, this arrangement is terrific. The vocals, this is a song, in my opinion, that never got enough airplay. I don't think it gets enough airplay even today, like on the 60s satellite radio stations and the oldies stations. I don't think this song still gets nearly enough recognition because it's a terrific song. The next song is I Call Your Name, which was written by the Beatles. It's a Beatles song written by Belinda McCartney. I have not heard their version. I've heard it is completely different from the Mamas and Papas cover, though. Cass sings lead. The others harmonize along with her. It's a great song. Definitely one of my favorites. And just the fact that Cass is the one who sings lead, it it just makes it even better. Because Cass Elliott had an amazing voice. And she was the definite missing piece of the puzzle when it came to this group. Because honestly, I don't think that this group would have hit superstardom without Cass. Now, I could see them having some success but not to the degree that they did without Cass. Cass was just something special, not just her singing voice, but her personality. Cass was very open and she was very friendly, very gregarious, just a very warm person. And people picked up on that and they still can. And it drew people to the group even more. Like when they would see them live in concert, you know, they would, you know, they would draw, they'd be drawn to Cass. Because Cass was the one who was the one who was the most friendly and the most just, you know, the most fun. And so she does a great job singing lead on this cover of the Beatles, I Call Your Name. The next song, also a cover, this one, a cover of Do You Want to Dance, which which was written by Bobby Freeman. That song was released in the late 50s. The Beach Boys covered it in 1965. It's on their Today album, The Beach Boys Today. It's the very first song on the album. It's sang by uh, Dennis Wilson, sings lead on that on their version. 
But the, the versions by Bobby Freeman and Dennis Wilson or the Beach Boys, they're more kiddie in my opinion. Kind of like what you'd hear at a high school dance. Do you want to dance? Well, the Mamas and the Papas version is more seductive and sexy and it's more adult themed. So I like their version a lot. Again, the harmonies are terrific. Denny sings lead. You hear a lot of harmonizing from Michelle and, and uh, Cass. It's a terrific song. Next of all, you have Go Where You Want to Go. That is the sixth song on side one, the last song on the first side. Again, written by John Phillips. Again, written about Michelle's cheating on him. Michelle had an affair, and that was basically John telling her, you can go where you want to go, you can do what you want to do. Because at one point, Michelle admitted publicly, she's admitted that she had slept with just about all of John's friends, and this was one of the friends that she slept with during this time, and that's where the song came into being. The song is amazing. The vocals are terrific. The arrangement is wonderful. Now, The Fifth Dimension took this song to the top 20. It was a big hit for them, and it was really the launching pad to their successful career. Now, speaking of The Fifth Dimension, I like their version, but to be honest with you, I like the Mamas and Papas version better because... In the Fifth Dimension version, there is a key change toward the end of the song, which I don't care for. But the Mamas and Papas, their version remains in the same key. Um, Also, Lou Adler, who they worked with at Dunhill, originally released this song to be the song, you know, their introductory song, if you will, their first release. But he pulled it a short time later and chose to release California Dreamin', which was a smart move because there was a, from what I understand, from what I have read, there was a DJ in Boston who got a hold of California Dreamin', played it again and again and again on his radio show, and that's how it really caught on. It caught on in Boston, and then it just circulated across the country, and of course became a number uh, top five song for them. It peaked at number four in the Billboard charts, and that is the very first song on side two of this album. It's the song that the Mamas and Papas are best known for. It's written by John and Michelle. The song basically about, it's autobiographical. It's about basically, it's a cold winter, dreary day in New York City. It's where John and Michelle were living at the time when they wrote this song. Michelle, the quintessential California girl, whining, complaining. She really wanted to go back home. It was nice and warm and sunny. She didn't like the weather in New York, wasn't used to that kind of weather. And so that's what California Dreaming is all about. Basically, she's longing for California. She's dreaming of being back in California. And that's what the song, you know, that was the inspiration for the song. The song has been covered by everybody from Bobby Womack to the Carpenters to the Beach Boys to Jose Feliciano. But it's definitely the song that the Mamas and Papas are best known for. It's been in so many TV shows, so many movies, and of course, like I said, wonderful harmonies, terrific song. The song was originally actually done by Barry Maguire. Barry Maguire, very good friend of theirs, he's the one who encouraged them to go and audition at Dunhill, as a matter of fact, because he was on Dunhill. He worked with Lou Adler, so he's the one who pretty much set that up and was a big part of their success. But he recorded the song first. The Mamas and Papas sang background vocals on it. If you haven't heard the Barry Maguire version, please go check it out on YouTube. It'll shock you because when I first heard it, I was very surprised. 
but the harmonies are amazing and they enjoyed doing that so much that they got to thinking well we should record this song ourselves so they asked barry hey we want to record this song ourselves and of course he was fine with it he completely relented they recorded it they replaced barry's vocal with denny's and they instead of the harmonica solo which was on barry mcguire's version they have a they had a flute solo on theirs and the rest is history speaking of this album i forgot to mention the cover of this album the cover of this album most unforgettable you have four people four grown adult people piled up together in a bathtub with a toilet right next to them over on the right hand side Now, in 1966, a toilet and album cover was definitely indecent, inappropriate, controversial. So that's why when you look at albums for this, you know, you go to eBay, for instance, and you look at the albums, you want to buy a vinyl copy of this album. In most cases, the toilet is covered up because they were going out covering up the toilet on album covers like crazy at the time. Now, if you happen to find an album cover with the toilet, you have a real collector's item. If you can find one or if you have one yourself, that's real. That's a real moneymaker because one copy sold for $300 at an auction. So you happen to have a cover, original cover with a toilet. Either hold on to it or if you sell it, you're going to make some good money. If you happen to find one, we'll expect to pay quite a bit of money for it because I saw one, I believe, on eBay and it was, I don't remember the cost, but it was not cheap. But um, that right there, that first album cover, I told you a lot about this group. Because they looked like a couple, they looked innocent. There was an angelic innocence to the way that they looked in the tub, the bathtub. But they also had a look of rebellion to them at the same time. Yet when you heard them sing, they sounded actually angelic. That's where the name of the album came from. That's how Lou Adler saw them. And that's why he named this album, If You Can Believe Your Eyes and Ears, because they were just so difficult to believe when he first met them, when he first heard them sing. It was unbelievable. So the next song over on side two is another cover, Spanish Harlem, which originally was recorded by Benny King in 1961 after he left the Drifters. Aretha Franklin covered it as well in 1971. The Moms and Papas version is very haunt. It has a very haunting sound to it. You have Denny on lead vocals. You hear uh, you have Cass and Michelle doing the background vocals. It's a great cover. It really is. It's wonderful. I mean, it has that Phil Spector wall of sound thing going on. It's terrific. It really is. Wonderful cover. The next song is another original, written by John Phillips as well. It's called Somebody Groovy. Great song, great harmonies, a lot of fun to sing to, sing along with. I've sang along to it in the car many times. Uh, this is basically a song. You have uh, Michelle and Cass singing lead and Denny and John harmonizing in the back. Basically, the song is about, hey, I am looking for somebody groovy. I need somebody groovy. I need someone to love. And I'm going to treat him right when he comes along. It's a really cool song. Very uh, fitting of the era from whence it comes. Very fitting of the decade, of the times. Terrific song. The next song is Hey Girl, also written by John and Michelle. 
Basically, it's about a girl who's been fooling around with this really crappy guy. He's been treating her like dirt. She's been taking it. And the song is basically saying, hey, hey, girl, I mean, you can, you need to go ahead and go on with your life and dump this loser. Get a good guy. Get yourself a good guy and enjoy your life. It's a cute song. Uh, great harmonies. Um, fits the album very well. You hear a lot of, you know, joy in this song. Like all the songs on the album, you hear a lot of joy in all of them. But I, I think you hear a little bit extra joy in Hey Girl for some reason. So, uh, again, really cute song. Really fits the album well. Now, the fifth song on side two is... You Baby, another cover. You Baby was originally done by the Turtles. It peaked in January of 1966. And the Mamas and Papas covered it for this album. Good version. Again, you've got that same feeling. They're enjoying singing together. They're enjoying singing the song. You can just feel that. You get that vibe right away. I must admit that I am partial to the Turtles version. I like it more. But the Mamas and Papas version does the original justice. It's not bad. And again, you can tell they're having a good time singing it. And then the last song on the album, on side two, another cover. This time, they did The In Crowd, which was done by Dobie Gray in 1965. And also Ramsey Lewis and his trio. I love both of those versions, and I love the Mamas and Papas version because Cass sings lead, and Cass kills that song. She did a phenomenal job singing lead on the in crowd, and you really can just listen to this one song alone and see, be reminded of what a terrific singer that Cass Elliott was. A lot of people still say today, Cass Elliott was the best thing that happened to the Mamas and the Papas, which she was the missing piece of the puzzle where they were concerned. She was definitely the sprinkles and the the, the nuts and the cherry on top of the cake. That's for sure. I think the Mamas and Papas would have had some success without Cass, but I don't think they would have hit superstar in the way that they did because Cass was just someone really special. And uh, that's it for the album. It's only 33 minutes in length. It's not very long. You know, you can, you know, I've played this album in the car so many times and I'm done before I know it. But this album, again, it is a real treat. It's a joy to listen to. It's fun to sing along with. It's fun just to listen to them sing. As a matter of fact, this album was included in Robert Demery's 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die which I agree with that. (laughs) And uh, it also at one point was on the Rolling Stones top 500 albums. Now, when they redid their list earlier this year, I believe it was, or last year, they removed this album. They put in a whole bunch of new albums. They took this one off. It had been in their top 500, you know, for quite some time. Don't agree with the decision to take it off. But again, that doesn't mean anything doesn't take anything away from the album at all their decision to you know remove it from their list but this album is again it's a lot of fun to listen to and if you want to introduce someone new to the mamas and the papas or if you want to discover more about their music yourself this is the ideal album to listen to and uh, like I said, it's not very long, so it's a great introductory album. And uh, the songs on here, every song is is terrific. Like I said, just that joy, 
and just the jubilation and just the the feeling of, of of just happiness that they had all being together and singing and all starting out together because they really crafted their sound when they were in the Virgin Islands in 1965. That's where all these songs, all the originals, most of them, a lot of them were written in the Virgin Islands. Of course, California Dreaming was written in New York. But that's where they really all got together and that's where they really crafted their sound. That's when it really all began to come together. When they got in the studio with Lou Adler and Dunhill and the Wrecking Crew, then it all really came together for them. And um, so this definitely one of my top 10 favorite albums. Uh, we've looked forward to doing this review of it. And uh, yeah, by the way, if you want to know more about the Mamas and the Papas, I definitely recommend going over to YouTube. There are some wonderful documentaries over there. There's a documentary called Straight Shooter from 1988. There is uh, a Behind the Music on the Mamas and the Papas that was on VH1. There is Cass Elliott's biography. I think there's also a Mamas and Papas biography. You can really find a lot of good stuff on eBay. There are television appearances, like talk show appearances of Cass and of Michelle, all kinds of good stuff. And there are a lot of good books, too. I mean, I mentioned Papa John's book, which was released in 1986. Michelle released a book also in 1986. I have Michelle's book. I don't have John's. There's also a great book about Cass. I can't think of the name of it or the author's name, unfortunately, but it's in paperback. It's a great book all about Cass's life. There are no pictures, unfortunately. That's my real pet peeve with it, the lack of pictures. But it's a really good book telling about Cass's life all the way through. There's also another really good book about the oral history of the Mamas and the Papas. I think it's written by Matthew Greenfield. It's Greenwald or Greenfield. I'm sorry I can't think of his last name exactly, but I know his first name is Matthew. And you get to just follow along because, you know, you're reading quotes and and words from all four members of the group, people who work with them, people who knew them. You get to follow along with the whole, it's an oral history of the mamas and the papas from before they, when they were just, you know, before they got together all the way down the line. It's a really good book. You go to eBay, Amazon, you can really find a lot of good stuff. You can find their CDs, you can find vinyl, you can find books all kinds of good stuff of course there are groups on facebook groups on instagram so yeah there are is so much good mamas and papas stuff out there and like i said they're one of my favorite groups you know i've been listening to them i first discovered them when i was about 12 but i definitely became have become a bigger fan within the past couple of years one of the collections that i bought um i bought their collection all the leaves are brown it's a CD collection. It has their first four albums on CD. Highly recommend it. It's really a great, you know, collection. And also their last album, which was released in 1971, People Like Us, I recommend the remix because there is the original mix and then there's the remix. The remix is the better version. So I highly recommend that. And uh, yeah, so that's going to wrap up this episode of Two Sisters in a TV. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us. We'll be back with our regular classic TV format next time. We will keep the album reviews going, though, because the, f- the feedback has been really, really good. We weren't expecting such good feedback. And it is a lot of fun because we both love music. And it is fun to go and break down an album, 
track by track, song by song, and talk about it in this way. So we'll keep this going. But uh, basically, we're still going to focus primarily on classic TV. But we'll have another album review for you coming up within the next few weeks. So again, thank you so much for joining us today. And we look forward to seeing you all next time. And until that time, we'll see you all then.